Yeah, okay, cool. Shall I just start then, yeah? Yeah. Get this party moving. I, I don't know, are you actually in the room? Are you focusing on the job at hand? Or are you mucking about with audio kit? No, I'm, I'm focusing at the job on hand. All, all hand to deck. Hi, I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys, we're chatting about films that make us feel wonderful. It's a Guys on Film podcast. Feels good, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, so uh, huh? we're talking about like films that make you feel good. Just ones that you can sit down, you can put on, and by the end of it you're going you're gonna to feel lifted. Lifted. Like the Lighthouse Family. So. Yeah, like the Lighthouse Family. Yeah, that's the sort of vibe we're going for uh, for this episode. You could be lifted. Yeah, that you could be lifted. By the end of this, you'll be lifted. Um, probably airlifted to safety. Um, <laughs> so what have we got What have we got coming up? Um, well, we've got a seggy one that you have not really told me much about at all, but you've just said that it's uh, based around the core quiz-type concept of higher or lower. Yeah, so, so the format will be me having to guess whether it's high or low, and I don't know what I'm guessing is higher or lower. You know what? Let's let's keep it a secret for at least another two minutes. Okay. People wait with bated breath. And then after that, we're going to do a deep dive into our top ten films. So that's five each uh, in the category feel good. Yeah. Feels good, huh? Yeah, our, our feels good, huh? Um, films, yeah. Um, and then we've got a live score. We're gonna. I've got some pre-prepared uh, questions for Ian. Couple based on food. Well, two based on food actually. So should enjoy those. And then at the very end of the podcast, we've got Ian's favourite. It's the name game. Oh yeah. Just really? to like. It's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. It's actually worth skipping for. <laughs> yeah. Go and have, go and have a listen, and then rewind and, and back come back. Remind listeners that this podcast was selected by them. It was, for me, I was ready to do uh, Outbreak Movies Part 2, or Isolation Movies. Yeah. Uh, but in the current climate, you voted with your Twitter votes. Yep. And we've got feel-good movies. So what have you been calling this time? Have you been calling it the current climate, uh, the ongoing crisis, or the current situation? I've actually been calling it the great hunkering down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Mother Hunker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, on that, let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, hunker on over into segment one. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we'll talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Ian, there's this website called Cameo. Have you heard of it? Maybe, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to explain the website to you. Um, so, <laughs> so basically, what you can do is you can pay a celebrity a, a, an amount of money and they oh. will do like a yeah, birthday okay. message. This is going to be great. Wow. This is going to be great. I know it. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's a lot. You're hyping it up more than I ever could. Uh, so that basically, you can pay them um, some money in order to 
get a birthday message or like you know if you've come back from military service they can they can give you a shout out or for any reason they will literally you will you can pay a celebrity some money and they will shout out anything right anything i, I feel Ollie, generally I'm, I'm a tiny bit worried i'm a tiny bit worried <laughs> that we're going to do this and it's actually going to be really depressing <laughs> it, there, there is In a the feel good episode <laughs> there's a slight chance of depression they'll they'll generally be doing this like between doing other things often you'll watch the video and you'll go oh is that is that kind of what they look like now oh. i mean some of them are pretty cool but i mean personally i wouldn't pay money for it right i'm just saying so i'm gonna give you an in right i'm gonna give you this is ian's in so the first if you one, give me an in i'll take a mile <laughs> <laughs> okay so the first one is michael rapaport can i just ask before we begin if I don't know who this celebrity is, am I allowed to just look up their face? Not on Cameo. I'm not going to look up their cost. I just uh, maybe would need to... Are there any weird enough that I wouldn't know who the they are? For the purposes of this quiz, if you don't know who one of these people are, then you, you're you you're cancelled. Okay? Okay. There's a lot riding on it. Uh, so that your first one is Michael Rappaport. That's Ian's in, and it's $150. Okay, so Mike, Michael Rappaport for $150... We'll say, hey, man, happy birthday, Ian. Uh, hope you have a, a, a great time. I think he doesn't sound like that, but I'm just saying that's what you can expect to get from him, like a little video message. So, the next one... Other than something that was like a terrible WWE movie, I can't really think what he was even in. He was in, um, he was in Deep Blue Sea, I think. Oh, yeah. I think he might yeah. have been in True Romance. He's doing okay. A lot of stuff. Okay, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Is he asking for more than $150 or less? Higher or lower? No, there's a logic to this that's interesting. It's like Oh thanks. How des how desperate is the celebrity for money and thus ask they're asking more from it because this is a method for them to make money? Or Are have they, they nice already guys? been sub have they been subject to the forces of to, to market forces and the prices have already gone down loads. Um, <laughs> well, what are you saying? Ernie Hudson. I'm going to have to push I'm gonna say, I'm going to say higher because even though he's, um, his main fame was a longer time ago, I think he's more recognisable. So I want to go $200 higher. You're wrong. Um, Ernie Hudson is only asking for $135. Giving it away? Yeah, practically. So the next one, from Jackass, it's Bam Margera, or Margera, oh. or, you know. Uh, is he asking for more than Ernie Hudson? Is he asking for more than $135 or less? It's got to be lower, $50 or something like that. Ian, you're correct. He's actually only asking for $65, which I, I was surprised at. I would have thought he would have asked for more. For some reason, I thought he'd be asking for a, a, a touch more. He's hit rock bottom. I hope he's not. <laughs> imagine if you imagine if that's how he finds out on the podcast. Yeah, he didn't know, but we just decided that he's hit rock bottom. I think he has had quite a tough time over the past couple of years. I think he has. Yeah, yeah. Next one, Steve Guttenberg. More than sixty-five or less. I'm. I think it's got to be higher. 
Correct. Because sixty-five is so low. It is. It's so low. It's almost. It's almost not worth it. Um, Steve Guttenberg's asking for still a respectable hundred and fifty dollars. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what? what? Yeah. Okay. Out of the ones so far, which one would you like to get a, a message off? Gutenberg and um, Ernie, I think. Yeah. Okay. Both they're, they're at the same time the for a, can I for one hundred eighty five. Uh, two hundred and eighty-five, both at the same time. Mm, no, I'll probably only take one of them. In fact, to be honest, I'm not paying anyone this kind of money for what you get in return. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Um, ice tea. Is he asking for more than Steve Ooh. Gutenberg or less? Can you remind me how much Gutenberg was? Asking? He was one hundred and fifty dollars, same as Michael Rappaport. Yeah, this is definitely higher. I'm going around the 250 Confident. range, but I'm saying higher, higher. What? What? Just a just a guess on how much higher? At least fifty dollars higher. Okay, well, uh, he's he's quite a lot higher. In fact, he's three hundred and fifty dollars. So you are correct. Uh, the game yeah. isn't about guessing the exact figure. It's about higher or lower, and and you guess higher, and iced tea. Is higher, and I I imagine he'd probably swear a lot for for your money as well. Yeah, and you know he's worth it. I think. I think so. I that would make that would make my day. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody to spend as silly money, but um, you know that would be good. Uh, okay, so moving on. Rick Flair higher than three fifty, or lower. Rick Flair. Oh, that's hard. I'm gonna say it's gonna be close. I would imagine. I would say slightly more. You, you're right, but it's not slightly more. It's a lot more. $500. What? Oh, my God. And he, he, does okay. do the, he does do the woo for you at that as well. And I imagine yeah. you're not prepared to do that because of your dog. What, woo right now? Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, does that surprise you? I mean... $500. No, not really. I think that's... Yeah. Do you think he's he's, the, he's, he's had he a resurgence? Biggest, okay, is he the biggest celebrity so far? Do you think that's accurate? Bigger than Ice T? Um, I don't think he's a bigger celebrity than Ice T, but I think he has a cult status amongst amongst sets. I can't think of what word I was about to say. Specific people, I think, are kind of into his shtick. Like you, people like you. Yeah. Yeah, but also like American sports stars seem to be really into his banter right now as well. They're all getting him to be in their um, sort of like team videos and like rappers are getting him in their videos and stuff like that. His endorsement in some sort of like way where he gives you like a like a, a personalised message essentially is like a big deal right now. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, these rappers could do it for $500, so... You know, if they kept the cameo short. So next one, uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue. Are you eating something? I'm just eating a cookie that was delivered to me during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, Ian, could could you not do that? Because I I will have to edit out crunching. <laughs> um, like yeah, I I, will no ha- I literally will have to take the waveform and draw out all of the crunching. Do you remember when I would have um, chocolate shortbread every episode? Yes. So can you finish your cookie now, and we'll do a little trans, you know, transition. I think 
I think the phrase you were looking for was put the cookie down. Put the cookie down, yeah. Okay, so uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue. Um, more than Ric Flair. Is his perceived value more than Ric Flair's? Motley Crue. Vince Neil. I'm going to say lower, but he. The thing is, I think his value is lower. I think he probably values himself higher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you, um, you're right. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say lower. Yeah, you're correct. Um, at 400, so still quite a, a fair old wedge. In the same band, Tommy Lee. Mm. What are you saying about Tommy Slightly Lee? Slightly higher. Really? Slightly higher. Yeah. Well, this is a bit of a trick one. He's exactly the same. Oh, it's higher or lower, not exactly the same higher or lower. <laughs> well, what, what, uh, Ian, what would you do in a if you shuffled a, a a deck of cards and played higher or lower? Would you guarantee that you weren't going to get two sevens in a row? That's no, not... just not play because that sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, you uh, got. I'm I'm saying that's a, you, you know, you should have deduced from from that that they they would have collabed and gone hold on a minute you can't be more than me they, they, you know you didn't think that through um, Gary Busey Mo- Gary- Motley Crue break up again based <laughs> on mis- <laughs> mispricing of the yeah, celebrity shirts. Did, didn't, didn't they like sign a legally binding contract that they would never play ever again <laughs> I don't know honestly I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain they did um, because I thought that was the whole point of their last tour we, we, it was legally binding. It was their last tour, and now they're. <laughs> it's uh, it sounds like a movie adaptation of some kind. Never play, never again. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, what they could do now is they, you know, how it's like Motley Crue with C R U E, they could just, you know, go the regular spelling C R E W. Um, yeah. That's a loophole. You never know. It could have been in a sub clause in there. Anyway, how many more of these have we got to okay, do, Okay, we've got Gary Busey. Okay, um, more. I'm going lower. Okay. Yeah, def- definitely lower than those guys. Is okay. he relevant in 2020? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's always, you know, he's one, but he's one of these, like, ironic guys, isn't he? Yeah. I guess. But yeah, anyway, you, you're right. He's he's only 350. Just He's just 350. 350. Yep. Yeah. Neil McDonough. Do you know who that guy is? Neil McDonough. I'm going to give you Ma- give you some McDonough. clues. McDonough. He was in Sonic the Hedgehog, The Marine Three, Homefront, Captain America, and Walking Tall. I mean, the fact that I don't know him. <laughs> I'm going to say lower than uh, Gary Busey. Yeah, he's he's only fifty. Wow. Okay. But enough about his age. How much did he cost? $50. We could afford that. He's the the cheapest on the list at $50. Okay. Um, We could afford that, but we won't. Okay. uh, Finally, we've got Robocop himself, Peter Weller. Higher. Got to be higher. Do you want to take a guess at how much higher? I want to say he's maybe 150. He's 200. Um, so Ian, okay. you did you did really well actually. Wow. Um, I'm now looking at uh, Neil really? McDonough, and he was also in Band of Brothers, and he was pretty good in that. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fifty quid. No, no offense intended when I didn't know who you were, mate. Yeah. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. Correct. Out of how many? Uh, ten. Seven Great. out of ten. 
How do you feel about that? How do you feel about your performance? Was it a good performance? I think it's almost worthy of a cameo. <laughs> what does that even mean? I'll put I'll put myself on cameo at five dollars. Oh, okay. Ian, you should totally do that. Can we both right. put ourselves on cameo at five dollars? And see if either of us get any. Yeah. Hosts of the Guys on Film podcast allow you to have a personalised message from them for only $5. I mean, it'd be a pretty good message, wouldn't it, I think? I don't know, I think, I think, we'd, I think it'd be well worth the $5. Yeah, I don't know if it would be worth it for us, though. I mean, it's it, go, go on Cameo.com and have a look at some of the uh, videos that they've done. It doesn't take them a long time, and it doesn't take any amount of preparation, so... You know, okay, okay. <laughs> it it seems like a good deal. Um, you know, so anyway, Ian, uh, you did really well. Let's move on to life scores. Great life score. How are you? Life score. I'm fine, thank you. Life score. Out of ten. Life score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. How are you? <laughs> Ian, how are you? Um, I don't know how to take that. Really, I don't know what tone you're trying to strike. Um, shall I go first then? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, good. Um, good. Really, uh, was that supposed to be the everybody's like really looking out for each other right now? Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, good. Overall, yeah, cool. um, a lot has happened with my dog since the last time we did a really. Scores. Well, that, I mean, that's why I'm here. Um, a lot has happened with Arnie since I spoke last. Like time. in a good way or a bad way? Just lots. Um, so he lost all his baby teeth. Oh, what? what? I didn't know that happened. Not a lot of people do. It's weird. Um, I've mentioned it to my sister and on a video call for probably about half an hour she just kept going no that's nonsense that's <laughs> trouble no you're talking shit that can't be true um, but yeah dogs lose their milk teeth and have right. them replaced with uh, big big daddy teeth okay um, but yeah it's it's funny because like, there was a little point in time there where he had teeth that were quite big for his tiny face and now his face has grown into his teeth um, nice but yeah, so whilst whilst dogs are teething, they have horrible bad breath. So that's been a negative. But um, it was quite fun to find teeth lying around the floor floor of the house for a while. Um, we've also <laughs> added play dead to his repertoire of basic drop dog tricks. Okay. So we say bang and do like a little gun hand signal, and he falls over. Really, that's good. Pretty good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Ria's got some good videos of it. I'll put it on the guys on film uh, Instagram account. If you could, that'd, um, be, that'd be great. Great content. Yeah. Um, and last interesting thing that's happened with the dog since last time, uh, just yesterday we got some new um, tennis balls to throw around for him, but they're super small because he's a small dog. Yeah. And um, normally he carries a tennis ball for a little while and then he'll have to put it down because it's too big for his little No, he won't leg. let the bugger go. He won't let the bugger go. And uh, so he did a shit with one in his mouth yesterday. <laughs> if you can Brilliant. picture that dog didn't poo with a tennis ball in his mouth 
Um, in undog related news, yeah, we're in lockdown. Yeah, lockdown. Uh, yeah, lockdown. Lockdown. So, um, been doing a lot of work from home. Yeah, I think okay. like you are as well. Yeah, <clears throat> we were I'm successfully quite, working from home. Yeah, we were quite rapid fire and efficient in getting like everybody out. So I've been working from home for like five weeks, and yeah, that's. Uh, I think I was just I one week we're... behind you, maybe. Yeah, I just meant that, like, I, I wish we'd been slower at getting it all sorted because I can't be bothered working from home when everyone else is, like, furloughed and chilling out and stuff. Um, although, saying that, it's very nice to have the security of a job uh, when some people don't. Yeah. So that's, that's positive. But I did feel like there are a lot of people who are like, well, I'm just going to ride this out and enjoy myself. And then we're, like, working... Long what, days what is on what Zoom is calls. furlough? Um, I think it's just like an extended leave, but that's oh, hold that's on. My, my cat's we... my cat's trying to get out the door. Just bear with me one sec. That cat's trying to be furloughed. Um, yeah, furlough I think is uh, just an extended leave, but I think that's what the British government are paying people eighty percent of their salary for. Okay, so there are some people who are managing to chill even though they can't work and still get paid for it. Which would be nice. But anyway, uh, yeah. on that basis, I've taken quite a long holiday. <laughs> okay. Um, just to kind of chill out and enjoy it. And it's also just started being like nice weather as well. So Yeah, uh, um, sun's also, out, guns out. Don't know about that, mate. I think um, isolation fitness is more like isolation fatness. Uh, that's what I was, one of the things that I was going to get onto is do you see yourself coming out of this fit or fat? <laughs> um, up until right now, fat. Yeah. I think <laughs> but when from... I've just, when you've just heard me say that, you're like, that's really hit home. <laughs> no. Uh, even though I take what you say very seriously, it wasn't just that particular moment. But it was, um, it was a bit of that. Yeah, okay, it was a little bit that. Um, okay. But yeah, we we started doing uh, one of these 30 days of yoga things yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to do, I'm going to do a bit of running. I don't know about Rhea. But then yeah. both of us are going to do some Thai boxing. Okay. Bought some pads and gloves. I've got and pads and gloves. Gonna, yeah. It's going to take me back. 12 years or however long ago it was when I was actually into doing all that stuff and, and trying to So you're going to get Rhea to hold the pads and then you're just going to absolutely smash them, is that what you're saying? That's the point. Yeah, 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 yeah! Ian, um, could you just go a little bit easier? <laughs> Shut up, you're learning! <laughs> Um, no, I think um, Ray's quite up for it as well. Yeah, and, okay. Um, yeah, Mandy's been enjoying so um, the, the pads and punching them because it's just like, who doesn't want to punch something? Especially when they live with you. I'm good to live with, I think. <laughs> <laughs> says Ma- says man who doesn't, you know, know. Live, yeah. Doesn't know. Um yeah, so anyway, lockdown's happened. Uh, overall, everything's going fine. I think um, 
there's probably some pet peeves about how people seem to still just be hanging about in the parks and stuff. But um, yeah, overall, not too bad. Feeling a little bit like Zoom fatigued. I don't know if you're doing Zoom meetings or like Microsoft Teams or whatever it is that you do video calls on. But like you do a lot of that to make yeah. up for the fact that you can't just like kind of casually chat in the office. Yeah, I've been so having more thought, meetings than ever. I just thought, take 12 days holiday, mate. Why not? Like extend the Easter weekend. Go mad. So yeah. um, cool. I also kind of think like there's probably some prime summertime holiday that won't really be used because it won't be time for traveling for a while yet. Yeah. So I thought, why not just do that? So hoping to be a little bit productive. I've had some beer and barbecues. That's the productivity so far. Okay. Um, well, we're doing a podcast. Gonna... True. Yes, we are. Yep. And uh, today's also going to be a dog grooming day. Okay. So we're going to clip the dog's nails for the gonna, first time. Are you going to are you going to clip its hair? I'm going to paint his nails. Because I was going. Uh, you should have said yes, and then I would have said. So you're going to get that fur low. Anyway, uh, I've actually shaved my beard. 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 Yeah, I know. I've seen you. You're down to a moustache. Yeah. Down to a moustache. So some of my fur is low. Yeah, true. Um, cool. So what would you Definitely say your score is at the moment then? I'm going to say nine. <laughs> absolute ass. why <laughs> I don't know just it's during just... isolation doesn't cause me to have like a really bad time mate. no I'm that's, right. that's true I, I'm alright as well I, I'll, I'll, I'll match you on that why did you laugh at night <laughs> I don't know because because it's you saying it I'm a nine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna match that. Um, Ian, actually, know, it's a ten, mate. Okay, so yeah, kind of lots <laughs> happened since we've recorded last. I went to, I went to Los Angeles, and this was I had basically like uh, a golden week, where if I'd have gone one week later, I could have been trapped over there with like not flying and stuff. So that was a bit of a trapped in Trump town. Yeah, so I had a look around Hollywood, um, went down the, saw a couple of the um, famous stars and the, you know, some of their theatres. Um, it was all a bit, it was all, all a bit crazy. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's about, I'd say, maybe 400 yards of kind of like touristy sort of safe road, either, you know, in one section and then beyond either either way, it's just um, it's it's just you can Cracked tell it. what well you can tell kind of like a little bit about Mulholland Drive, you know this kind of seedy underbelly of it all, um, or there's just this sort of there's this glitz and glamour, but it's a little sort of you know only on the surface, and then all around is kind of you know some a bit more. Like a bit darker, I suppose. Um, but saying that, I did really enjoy my time over there. Um, I saw a lot of cool stuff. I went to the Labrator pits, which is good. Oh, yeah. It was like where they're pulling out like loads of saber toothed tiger bones. That was good. And like, is that, in, is that, 
Is that featured in uh, The Last Action Hero? I think it might be, yeah. It could be. Um, yeah, I think they drive a car in there at some point. I went down to uh, Venice Beach and I hired a bicycle and I bicycled past Muscle Beach. Uh, we are familiar with the concept of a bicycle. You don't have to introduce it. That I mean, I'm not. I'm I hired not that a. Familiar. I'm not that. How familiar. do you say bicycle? Bicycle, uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. I had. Um, an American cinema experience. I went to see The Invisible Man. Um, <laughs> so there's, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of, I guess it's pretty similar to what we have over over here. You know, you've now got the kind of comfortable recliner chairs in absolutely every screen. Um, one yeah. of the things that's slightly different in the one that I went to, which is at Universal um, City Walk, at Universal Studios, was that you? Yeah. You just went and got your own popcorn. Okay, and no one and was serving popcorn. Then? They just like literally, you know, they're filling up bags of popcorn and putting them on a shelf. And you just go and grab one of those and then start eating it in the queue. Um, That's but good. what I, what I didn't realise is that most of them like salted popcorn over there, so most of it's salted. Which is weird. When you said most of them, did you just speak Americans. on behalf of like every single American? Yeah, it, se- it seemed to be like all of it was just salted, unless I've got it completely wrong. Um, okay. But the other interesting thing. Are you thing more of a sweet guy? There, I think one of the things that's made the transition from America to the UK are these uh, drink, soft drink vending machines where you can basically just mix like any mad combo of syrups together. Thinking syrups. Yeah, but over there, over there, they've got you know like cream soda and root beer, are like a, a sort of staple syrup that they have in there. Whereas over here, it's just like your Fantas, your Sprites, your Cokes, and your Dr Pepper. But over there, they they throw cream soda and root beer into the mix, which is, you know, interesting. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it, and and the Invisible Man was was pretty good. I I thought. Like for an entertaining evening out, I was entertained. I really liked the the lead. Um, she was really good. She she convinced me that she was very paranoid about what was going on. But yeah. what I would say was that I didn't quite understand the motivation of the fella who was who became invisible because it is it was. It was more of a sort of fatal attraction weirdo stalker film than anything with a kind of high-tech twist. I, I thought his motivations were really fuzzy and unclear um, and I think I might have been up for it a bit more had I known a little bit more about why he was a dangerous person and what the crack was, but there just wasn't enough there for me. I kind of felt very similar, actually. I saw it in cinema, and it's probably, like, the last week again of, like, when it was okay to go to cinema. And actually, because it had already all hit by then, it was like, okay, in the cinema, I need to sit as far away from anybody else in here as possible. Um, So, anyway, we were... I was there, and then... um, I think for, like, maybe... 70% 70% of the film it was like it made sense did you did you buy three seats <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite go that far but actually there was relatively few people there anyway I did yeah. kind of just 
strike it lucky in the corner of the cinema that it was in. Um, but yeah, like there was a point in the film where, maybe without explaining the plot too much, but like there's a point where she had met up with her um, attacker yeah. again, and he was like kind of trying to apologize and get things back to the way that they were before. I'm sorry. And, uh, I would like for someone to say that they're sorry. It was just like where like they're like he's either a complete psychopath or this film has just gone from like one to a million in like five seconds like it really I don't know like his motivation didn't make an awful lot of sense at all really no. so I would agree with that but I think the execution was good and I think some had of a couple the, of um, good scenes in it right the restaurant scene yeah that was oh good. yeah the restaurant scene was good and then some of the stuff in the rain with the soup when it was like starting to kind of stop working was good yeah 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 starting to stop working (laughs) Um, so yeah Ian I just want to end life scores on two well two quick questions Um, what is the most dystopian meal you've had thus far during the current situation I did have some spam shit (laughs) really (laughs) yeah I had some spam Uh, okay how did you have it fried fried and what did I even have it oh yeah I kind of like had it as a replacement for bacon. Could you not find bacon? No, we. I think we maybe even had bacon. <laughs> and you, did you go but, out and buy the spam? Uh, I bought the spam uh, as part of an overall sort of like desire to add to the level of panic buying. Right. Uh, no, I, I just bought a bunch of tin stuff and I thought, well... If there's ever going to be an opportunity to try this out, now's the time. So I bought a tennis spam and uh, it wasn't very good. I think it's got a, a weird taste to it, um, even when fried up. Right. And I spoke to my parents about this and they were like, oh, you can just slice it up like sort of cold meat. <laughs> I was like, that sounds absolutely yeah, you can, Yeah, yeah, that's the other way you can have it. Yeah, just slice it up like a, you know yeah. cold meat. But I mean, you wouldn't catch me having it, but... Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Your, that's your that's your most dystopian anyway, right? meal yet. Okay. Why? What's yours? Um, mine was well, Mandy and I had a Chicago Town mini pizza with Jesus with reheated spaghetti bolognese sauce. What? What? Well, I I I cooked a, a spaghetti bolognese, so we had we had uh-huh. a portion of spag bol left, but we didn't have any more pasta. So we just we didn't right. want that we didn't want that to go to waste. So we just had it with a with a pizza, and it was okay. 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 I'd say it was all right. I'd I'd probably have it beyond the current situation as a as a treat. As a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mate, your life score should be three out of ten. And my, my second my second question was uh, to do with like maybe like biscuits or like treats. Um, uh-huh. What what quarantine treats have you got yourself in? When when it, when um, this is all over, what are you going to look back and go? That was the quarantine treat that I I had. Um, Stayed with me throughout. Kept repeating on me throughout. <laughs> uh, I'm quite partial actually to the Tesco's basic chocolate. The Tesco's own brand milk chocolate is uh, very good. Okay. Wow. That's, what is it like 49p or something? No, I think it's like it's not basic. It's not like Tesco's value. It's just Tesco's own. 
The middle brand, but, yeah. But, yeah, but I quite like the, the value as well. It just okay. isn't as chunky, and it probably is 60p. But this is, I think, pound thirty or something for a big bar. Okay. And it's, it's pretty good. Um, I think the real treats of um, isolation have been beers. I've had um, lots of small independent um, beer places that obviously aren't open and will probably go under if they don't do online delivery. So they've all That's started what you online keep telling delivery. yourself anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these, I'll tell you what, these guys can go under if I don't just buy myself another four, 42 cans. I've really, I've really got to drink a lot or, I, or I've got to do my bit for society. <laughs> yeah, so I've had some quite good beers, that's been good, and also some quite good barbecue time so far. Nice. We had, um, we had a beer can chicken, actually, again, in our, in our Weber barbecue. I told you not to do that terrible Jamaican accent. Um, have you been barbecuing at all? I can't help noticing in your many garden-based videos that you have a very similar barbecue to the one we've got. We haven't had a single barbecue because, you know, the one thing about being a vegetarian, um, barbecues are quite are quite bad, really. They're not, right. they're not, they're not as good anymore. So um, that's a hangover from the meat days. And I don't really right. see much. I mean, I, I like a barbecue, but the results just aren't the same you know it's not maybe if you Me. do like a gloomy <laughs> skewers or something but yeah you know, it's it's just it's not it's kind of not worth it you know i guess the difference is because of the nature of meat like the fact that it's in the barbecue like it absorbs all the sort of coaly smoky taste and stuff but yeah and it's I got all the fat some, and some... it sizzles and all that yeah but no it's not I haven't really it used it. No, we've we've discussed it. We probably will, but we haven't yet. Okay. Okay. Cool. Fair enough. Um. Great. On to the deep dive. Did really they swallow an encyclopedia? Wow, this really is a deep dive. I hope that information wasn't false. Ian, can I ask you a question? Uh. Yes. What is? A feel good. <laughs> what is a feel good? Yeah, that's what uh, we're talking about. Um, actually, Ollie, see, before we get into the deep dive, I just need to move because I'm getting extremely hot sun through the window onto me, who is wearing a black hoodie. He's the human barbecue. You're fried. <laughs> uh, okay, right, that is much better. Okay, um, so look- all right, do you want to ask me that again? Not really. Um, so we're, we're, well, we're talking about feel-good movies because I think at the moment, look, I'm not suggesting that it's all that you should do. You should still allow some time for, you know, some cathartic, you know, bleak stuff as well, right? But at the moment, it's nice to watch a feel-good movie. And in fact, the first sort of thing that I wanted to mention is that I think some of the best um, selection of feel-good movies at the moment is uh, on the old Disney Plus. I'm quite, I think I'm that was one of the key quite... points on this deep dive for me was that now Disney Plus exists, it's almost all feel good. Have you got it? Yep. I, I'm quite Went impressed with it, it at the moment. I quite like it. Is it Disney? Yes. Okay, it's on there. That's <laughs> basically what it's like, right? 
Yeah, is it Disney? Yeah, it's on there. Apart from the old Robin Hood Disney film, is not on there. There's a few things that are not on there, but I'm enjoying it. So you, this morning, you sound example, like a you sound like a person who's been burnt in looking up very specific old Disney <laughs> yeah. films. Um, but who doesn't like the old Robin Hood? <laughs> day, Hood movie? day, day one, day well, one, that, you stick it on, you start searching for Robin Hood. You're like, you well, that was one of the me. first things because that is a classic. <laughs> And that is a feel-good classic. But this morning I watched uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah. And that was a, that was a real feel-good one. It has got some quite bleak moments in it, but by the end of it, you're feeling good. You're, you're feeling uplifted. Although I still I still don't quite get American football. I don't, I don't think Americans it. get it. It's like it's almost a little bit like you know the game like XCOM or, or Total War or something like that. It's almost like turn-based. It's like a turn-based yeah. sport. So, like, they, they, like, drop the ball or they get tackled and then they've got to start again. They're like, oh, God, right, do this, do this move. Okay, so do the old, you know, with it and mix in the old, you know, and then somehow that works. And I'm just thinking, how, how do they know? It's like they go, like, there's one point in the film where they go, they're, they're, they're doing the shotgun, and then, like, the Titans are like, oh, God, well, that means we're going to have to do X, Y, Z. And then it, it just <laughs> it just works. The meat shield. I just don't get it. Yeah, well, let's do the meat shield then. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the, doing the, the shotgun, Titans, we'll have to get the flak vest on the go. Like, yeah, like, no, like, well, it, this is a big spoiler, actually, but I still think it's actually a worthwhile film. It's really good. Wow. But the Titans in that season win 13 nil so it's almost quite difficult to kind of make the games themselves and the outcome sort of feel like it's all oh, they're going to win and they not because they do they win every single one what was feel good about it was that it was sort of two sides coming together like black and white coming together and they go off and they have these two opposing coaches we're not really opposing coaches one's offense one one's defense and they come back from training and all that unified um and that's kind of one of the things i like about feel-good films is 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 the whole sort of friendship overcoming adversity you'll notice in some of my uh choices that it's, it's a lot of that kind of a lot of that vibe what are the personalities of the uh different coaches like is one offensive and one always on the defensive well so you've got you've got denzel washington and he is absolutely like no nonsense whatsoever um and i just need to look up <laughs> the name of the other one you've got uh denzel washington who's the new guy that's that's come in and he's obviously under a lot of pressure because of the you know the time that it is um you know the community are automatically just against him and his boys uh, and then you've got will Patton, who is the other coach um, and they kind of have to work together. Denzel's coach is very much like he's brutal. He's almost like um, uh, an army sort of drill sergeant. He's absolutely no nonsense. Whereas Will Patton's guy, he's a little bit more, he's easier going. But he seems to make okay. all the best tactical decision, tactical decisions throughout the film. So it, it was a good film. I, I, I actually recommend it. It's a bit cheesy. And it's got one of the most annoying child performances I've ever seen, but I actually really enjoyed it. 
It was good. It was feel good. Uh, Feels good. Just, so go I hope that is counting as your number one then, because you have spoken about it at length. <sighs> All right. But Choose one to take off your list, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, I'll take off... I may as well just talk, you know, say that one of them on my list was a film called Miracle, and it's a very similar so film. So you're just going to go for it anyway? Well, no. Miracle's um, one of your five now. It's one of my five. It, it's... But I'll, I'll just cut it down a little bit. So Sorry, the official synopsis four. is... The official synopsis! It's the true story of Herb Brooks, the player-turned-coach who led the 1980 US Olympic hockey team to victory over the seemingly invincible Soviet squad. So it's Rocky Fort on ice with uh, Kurt Russell. And so I think all these boxes are ticking the Ollie's sort of requirements for a great film. I think so Kurt anyway, Russell's a big win for you. I think sports rag to, rags to riches story is a big win for you. And anything that mimics Rocky in any way is a big win for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I think the, the other thing um, that I'm, I'm observing is you're, all, you're really into sports films. I love sports films. And they I think they how, are... How come you don't like sports? Films. So look, I'm not going to go on about Miracle. I think... It's it's a film that's okay. sort of a little bit lost in the noise of of all the other sports films out there, and it's it's quite a long film, but I think it's got some of the best filmed sports scenes ever. Wow! It's just, and I, I will put a big wow there. Um, I really <sighs> do think it's got some of the best filmed. I'm going to say it again: sports scenes ever. Wow! wow They're wow. really really good. Um, there's a little review here, and I just I'm going to. I'm just pulling this one out. So this has got 8 out of 10 on IMDb. This is a rousing sports film about the 1980 US hockey team. Features some nicely shot game footage and a solid performance from Kurt Russell as the driven coach, but suffers from some formula moments and a clunky subplot with Russell's wife. Um, And I just think it's funny to think of someone's marriage as a clunky subplot. Mike, because it's a true story. <laughs> I just think it's funny to think of someone's actual marriage as a clunky subplot. Ian, our um, friendship is a is a, is clunky, a clunky subplot. subplot. <laughs> yeah. One thing I was going to ask actually is because when you first brought this up to me, when you sent your list of your top five through, which is now becoming a top six, um, the miracle on ice uh, image that I could see was a. Um, it was like a, a photograph that was taken during the game. Yeah. So is there a mix in the film of dramatic scenes and like documentary or is it all dramatic? Or It's all dramatic, but I think, I think there must be a documentary on it as well because it's like a big, it's a big moment. It was like a big game. So anyway, uh, I'm, okay. I'm going to go through. So this is my second one now is The Truman Show. This is your third one. All right, it's my third one. The Truman Show. Uh, official synopsis. The official synopsis. An insurance salesman discovers his whole life is actually a reality TV show. Um, I like it because it's about busting out of that rut and realizing you're in control of your own destiny. Uh, I mean, I guess at the moment there's a little bit of a quarantine vibe to the Truman Show, isn't it? Because he lives in a dome. Yeah. It's pretty dark. So one of the things that we kind of discussed before doing this episode was that most feel-good films have like quite a dark moment or moments like in remember the titans one of the lead players has a has a really bad accident 
and there's a couple of people that get injured and have to you know, sort of not play and, and, and there's a lot of sort of race, racial tension and things like that. So I don't think you can really have a feel-good film without a little tinge of some adversity, right? Okay. okay so okay, in okay, this okay. one, I mean, it's terrible. He's a, he's a, a prisoner. He's manipulated. Even his, even his wife doesn't live, laugh, love him, doesn't care for him. You know, morally, it's really questionable, isn't it? You know, she's paid to be his wife. Even his best friend is being fed lines by the director, you know, it, it's quite it's quite dark, right? Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. True. Uh, and to be honest, like, I didn't... I haven't seen it for a long time, but when you brought this... When you brought Truman Show up, one of the first thoughts of mine was, actually, I don't even know if the resolution to the film is particularly happy in my memory. Like, it may well be if you rewatch it now, but I seem to just remember it being, like, the director of the show. He kind of meets him, and then it's like, yeah, your whole life's been a lie. No, no, that's not how it, how it ends. The the whole the whole way that it ends is that he sort of like sus- suspects that something's going on. Um, yeah, and then he's absolutely. There's that line he it. says. There's that line where he says something's going on. Some we go. Is it is it me or is this all a bit weird? Uh, so he gets on a boat, which is something that they wrote into the film where he has this kind of fake memory of his dad uh, drowning when a uh, Truman was small he was small only a wee lad uh, so that's why he wouldn't get on a boat but he gets on a boat and he basically just tries to escape and at the very end after the directors try to sort of capsize him and kill him and all that kind of stuff you know the sort of masthead of the boat sticks into the side of the dome he finds a set of stairs and he walks on out and I think that that's quite a you know that's happy and everybody's cheering him on they want him to escape, you want him to get out. And I just think it's, you know, like it's a feel-good moment. And you want those big feel-good moments. It is weird, though. Like, he has been weird. held captive against his knowledge for the entirety of his life. It is, but then he, you know, gets out, doesn't he? For the whole time, you're the Truman Show village, let's say. You know, it's quite nice yeah. to look at. It's always sunny, it's always nice. Jim Carrey's very good in it wow. here's a related note from a film I watched just the other night and I'll get it over very quickly right we watched Three Identical Strangers on Netflix and um, if you do want to watch that show skip forward like five seconds on your podcast app so that you don't hear my spoiler but basically there are three twi- uh, three triplets that are split apart at the beginning of their life and that's a great example of why somebody else choosing the path of your life is not a nice thing because like their lives have basically been ruined by it. Um, so that's what brings Truman Show this like tinge, light, yeah. tinge, tinge of sadness rather than being like massive feel good movie. Um, so I don't know. I'd need to rewatch it to see if that's um, genuinely feel good. Makes does it? Feel would good. you put that on? It does it? I know, but that's the that's the new brief. If it was films that made me feel good, it'd be Alien and Seven and stuff. <laughs> um, I've got a little note okay. here. So I've got a note. So Paramount was cautious about the film, which they dubbed the most expensive art film ever made because of its 60 million budget. They wanted the film to be funnier and less dramatic. Peter Weir also shared this vision. He's a director feeling that Andrew Nichols' script was too dark and declaring where Nickel had it depressing, I could make it light. It could convince audiences that they could watch a show in this scope 24-7. Uh, Nickel wrote 16 drafts of the script 
before Weir considered the script ready for filming. So it was originally, I guess, a lot darker and more depressing mm. and probably more of that prisoner, you know, vibe to it. But the film that we got is funnier, is lighter and does have a happy resolution. And I think you do have to have a little bit of a struggle in a film for, for it to feel good. Interesting. I also have just read that um, Andrew Nichol got the uh, best original screenplay for um, Truman Show. So all those you know, you know were worth it. Do you know who didn't get the uh, best original screenplay? Who? So... The next one I'm talking about is Aladdin, official synopsis. Um, the official synopsis! A kind-hearted this is your fourth, by the way. A kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier, V for... Uh, or is it V or Vi? Vi. Vi for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. They didn't win the original script because during the course of the recording... Robin Williams improvised so much that they had almost 16 hours of material and because Robin Williams ad-libbed so many of his lines the script was rejected for a best adapted screenplay Oscar (laughs) imagine that (laughs) just like the only thing you've ever written that's made it into movie form and it's put forward for an Oscar (sighs) rumbled yeah. yeah, like can you just they're like the academy are looking at the script and going where's where's this bit sorry that's not that line wasn't written down don't know yeah. sorry I don't think we can accept this sorry no these these are two completely different films um, uh, so I you think, like Aladdin is, and you are talking about the original right I'm talking about well I mean look I like both but I think that this like Disney films in general uh, a good for a, a like a nice one, aren't they? Um, even if like Pixar sometimes are a bit sad, like we watched Inside Out, and I think that's a very, I think that's my favourite Pixar film. Wow! But yeah, it's it's you know tinged so much with real darkness all the way through it. But I think Disney ones are generally a pretty like, especially the animated, the early animated ones. You know they're colourful. There's you know the songs. They're good. You can just stick yeah. them on and they're going to make you feel good, right? There might be a little bit of a, a sad bit, but they're made to make you feel good, huh? Feels good. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it about Aladdin then? It's just colourful, isn't it? Okay, what's your last one? Um, I just had one, one thing when I was doing a little bit of research into Aladdin. Have you ever heard of like the kind of myths around the sort of subliminal messages that Disney supposedly put into their films like there's a big lots of penises yeah in, in Little Mermaid um, yeah well there's supposedly a line in the script for Aladdin where the tiger is nuzzling him a bit too much and clawing at him and he's like get down kitty um, and supposedly Aladdin in the background says good kitty take off and go home but supposedly the spoken line is good teenagers Take off your clothes. What? Fuck off. I'll send you the video. <laughs> you can see what you... You can make of it what you will. No way. Well, that's what they're saying on the internet, Ian. Now I'm looking it up. It does look like there are quite a lot of these on... <laughs> on Google Images when I put in subliminal Disney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, and so what then is, do, do you have a final one? 
which is can actually. Just, can sick. I just give you one one final fact on on Aladdin? I I like this one, um, and this will make you feel good because Steven Spielberg was not feeling good at the time when he was uh, filming the Holocaust film Schindler's List. Um, so Robin Williams frequently uh, received calls from Steven Spielberg to cheer him up. So he'd put him on speakerphone so he could tell jokes to the cast and the crew to cheer him up. Um, some of the okay. material that he used was material uh, that he ended up using for the film. Okay. And that's Aladdin, not, not Schindler's List. So he did, you know, use the material for Aladdin, just in case you... It's not funny to make jokes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not making I just, you know... Yeah. I know, I no, just, just in case... I, Ian, sometimes I just need to explain things to you, that's all. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say another animated one was the Iron Giant. It's a really, really sad film in places. But again, uh-huh. so official synopsis. The official synopsis. Young boy befriends a giant robot from outer space. Uh, that paranoid government agent wants to destroy. Um, you know, it's a film about sort of judging people by their appearances. The whole point was Brad Bird said the pitch was what if a gun had a soul and didn't want to be a gun that's that's what the iron giant is i i really like that film i think it's really feel good i think it it definitely gets like really sad towards the end and it's a big cry one but like we've learned in inside out it's okay to cry ian yeah okay sometimes you need you need to um i cry all the, the time allegedly um, some of the weapon sounds used in The Iron Giant were the exact same sound effects used in Terminator 2 Judgment Day for the Beretta and Browning pistols. I mean, that sound library's for you. I don't, I don't know how that's an interesting fact. Yeah. It's rubbish. Although, it's rubbish yeah, fans. no, okay, fair enough. Bad yeah, fact. It's not so good. Um, and my final one is Dumb and Dumber. Sixth it's a, film. It's a sixth film. It's a, it's a good road trip film. Uh, it's about two friends. I'm going to read you the official synopsis. The official synopsis! After a woman leaves a briefcase at the airport terminal, a dumb limo driver and his dumber friend set out on a hilarious cross-country road trip to Aspen to return the briefcase to its owner. Uh, great friends with a never-give-up attitude. But there's a lot of dark stuff in there. But I just think it's a, you know, it's a good fun film, isn't it, Ian? It is, yeah. I would agree with that. I think the naivety of both characters makes it more fun. Um, I haven't seen it for quite a long time, but I do understand it's on ITV2 regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Some like mad edited version as well, I assume. Probably, yeah. Some of the more overtly visual comedy films, like some of the slapstick stuff, like your Leslie Nielsen, uh, Airplanes and Naked Guns, some of the Monty Python stuff. And then I'd say like Dumb and Dumber and maybe a couple of their films like Kingpin and things like that. Sometimes you just want to have a laugh a minute. Sometimes that's too much. <laughs> yeah, but there are some frightening and intense scenes uh, listed on Dumb and Dumber's IMDb page. Uh, I'm just going to read you through them just in case anyone was thinking about watching it. Just be warned that it's not all feel good. This movie is very frightening for children under 13 years old, especially when kids are seven years old. What? <laughs> I don't know what it means. Uh, when Lloyd rips of... Uh, when Lloyd rips of a living man heart off and he puts it in a paper bag 
is very scary for children under 13 years old and seven years old. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> very specific. Was it the seven-year-old <laughs> that wrote it? Under 13 <laughs> years old covers... Seven. I get it. I get it, Ollie. <laughs> you feel like you need to explain things to me, but you just don't understand. No, I was um, just saying, like, was it written by the seven-year-old? No. Because then they think it's important enough for them to highlight the fact that seven-year-olds are affected especially badly by it. Okay. I so, don't even remember um, that. What's the ripping the heart out bit? Oh, so he has this fantasy sequence where he kind of defends the the woman that he's going to return the briefcase to and i think a chef comes out of the kitchen with a with a machete or something and he he pretends to do all this kung fu and then rips the heart out and puts it in a bag that's it okay it's just like a dream sequence yeah Um, okay yeah so there's there's quite a lot of dark bits in it so ian that's that's my that's my lot. Um, and I think Jim Carrey films in general are, are good mood lifters, you know, liar, liar, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, it's good. What are yours? Give me a, give me a five. Be quick. So number one, I think uh, it's very egotistical of you to run through yours all up front. I thought we were going to take this in turns. And point number <laughs> two, uh, critique number two, I, I did like that you had six instead of five. Um, I'll start off with Moana, which we watched today. Um, is this the first time you've watched it today? Second time I've seen it. First time I watched it, I was with my niece, and she loved it. Wow. Um, and I really enjoyed it as well. I think it's really good. Wow. Um, the official synopsis. <laughs> Moana sets sail on a daring mission to save her people. Along the way, she meets the mighty demigod of Maui. Together, they cross the ocean in a fun-filled, action-packed voyage from Walt Disney Animation Studios. So there you go. Have you seen it, Ollie? I've seen it once, yeah. I took the children to see it at the cinema, and then... I remember it was a a nice, colourful film with good songs and, you know, it was funny. and But it did have, like, a, it did go dark with a big kind of, like, it's lava a, volcano monster thing. Yeah, um, and it was actually quite a scary monster. That's what Rhea said today. She was like, oh, that's a bit scary. I'd wondered whether you'd seen it because your um, response to me mentioning that I would be covering Moana was, Nice colours. So you may, I mean, you can tell that from the poster, really. But it does have nice colours. Yeah, true. Um, so this stars somebody, I'm going to like butcher the pronunciation of her name, but Ali, Ali'i Cravalo. I think that's probably accurate. The Rock, Jermaine Clement and Nicole Scherzinger. Um, I think probably my favourite bit in it is um, Jermaine Clement playing a crab called Tamatoa and he sings yeah. a song called Shiny. Yeah. Um, and there's like a post-credit scene of him having a sort of crab in-joke about the crab from uh, The Little Mermaid. Right, okay. Um, probably well, the in-joke for you there. One of the most magical Disney bits in it is um, Moana's granny turns into like a, uh, a ray and like her spirit like flies through the ocean as a sort of like sparkling ray, which is cool. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Like a ray um, and Winston. Just, um, more of a Rayleigh otter. Okay. <laughs> Ray, um, Rayleigh otter. <laughs> um, and my sinister bit from this, I don't have a sinister bit from all of them, even though I want Ian's to do Ian's sinister bit. <laughs> um, there's a, 
there's a part in one of the songs where they're saying, the alien gives us what we need. <laughs> and somebody has a sort of like parenthesis in the background, just kind of like sings in the sort of offbeat, and no one ever leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the idea that like the current chief is Moana's dad, I think, is like, we never go past the, um, we never go past the reef. Right. And there's there's good reason for that, I think, in sort of all the mythos, like it's dangerous past the reef, but it's also like a bit of a Truman Show incident. And uh, um, I think you know what I think about that. So I mean, um, there's was the volcano bit. monsters past the the reef. So he was he was right. I don't think no, he wasn't right because you know she went past the reef and still everything worked out okay. Okay. Um, I've got sex and nudity here. <laughs> <laughs> from my MTV so like a couple of a couple of things in Sex and Unity and Violence and Gore give you a very clear idea of how little there is in that of that type of thing at all so Violence and Gore there was um, in a song called You're Welcome um, there's a one time use of the lyrics I killed an ear sorry an ear I killed an eel I buried its guts wow harrowing Ian, stuff don't it makes me very uneasy <laughs> um, sex and nudity There's somebody's taking the time to go on there and write something that begins with the word nothing so in sex and nudity there's one that says nothing but then they go on to explain midriff is exposed on some female characters so is it nothing or is it something yeah I can't what tell. is it um, and then probably the best one um, when Moana feels a cold ocean current turning warmer she is grossed out implying that Maui has urinated in water um, they also clarify here only his top half is shown yeah so he's not like there pissing everywhere yeah yeah okay. so that's my number one um, in no particular order number two is a film that I think I've told you about before it's called Sing Street right I've heard of it yeah it's like a British feel good sort of um, musical type deal it, are, are mm. all these going to be musicals um, just checking. No, two are not musicals. Ah, okay. So, uh, so yeah, Sing Street, the official synopsis. Sing it. With the recession hitting people... <laughs> with the recession hitting people hard in Dublin during the 80s, Connor is moved from his private school to a tough inner city alternative. As he tries to adjust a new way of life, he decides to start his own band. So it's got a, it's got a little bit of this kind of sports movie vibe, a bunch. Of As I've read that out, Ollie, I thought you'll love this. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 up for it. So it's it's got the kind of ragtag crew of you know people coming together and you know sort of uniting. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I think you would enjoy it a lot. All the kids are like very funny and they're the music like some of the songs in it are actually pretty good this is not a musical in the sense that it's like they sing about their feelings but yeah there are lots of songs there are lots of musical numbers um i decided to have a look at sex and nudity here again <laughs> um from my research station in my shed a mother is seen putting batteries into a dildo while her son <laughs> plays downstairs with his band it is implied, da-da-da-da-da, to drown out the sounds. And the next one's actually a bit dark. I'm not going to mention it. So I'm going to move on to my third movie, um, the Lego movie. Okay. Oh, you yeah, seem really disappointed good. in that. 
no, it's a it's good good movie. Yeah, it, it's think, very um, colourful. It's it's funny. It's absurd. In, it surprised you know. me as well. I think it surprised a lot of people with how well it was written and how good it was. Yeah. And also the execution as well. Like the quality of animation is pretty spot on, really. Yeah. Um, so uh, the official synopsis. The official synopsis. An ordinary Lego construction worker thought to be prophesized as special is recruited to join a quest to stop an evil tyrant from gluing the Lego universe into eternal stasis. So there's kind of a theme with this one in Moana of people not being what they're kind of told they are, but then realizing that what they really are is all that matters. Yeah. That's heartwarming, right? Yeah. My heart is okay. warmed. Okay, I'm going to move on. I feel like um, since you took up so much time before that, I should keep this uh, succinct. Um, my fourth is Forrest Gump. Boris Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, okay. <laughs> Boris Gump. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Forrest Gump? Uh, you know what? Not arsed. I'm not arsed. No? No. I love it. That's fine. Yeah, I quite like it. I'm quite into most Robert Zemeckis stuff. So it stars Tom Hanks, Sally Field and Robin Wright. I think we maybe spoke about this before, but Sally Field plays Tom Hanks' mum, even though she's only 10 years older than him in real life. So I don't think I should bother with the official synopsis of Forrest Gump. I think if you've not seen that yet... I think it's all right. It's quite long and... I mean, it's like one that you can just put on and just... And just have it on, and 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 it, and you know what's happening. But it, it's a comfort film, right? I think it's a comfort film, yeah. And I think actually, like the fact that it's long, part of that was what I was going to bring up about it, which is just feels like the structure is quite meandering. Like he somehow finds himself in the mix of like many, many totally unrelated sort of historical Important events. Things, yeah, yeah, but all kind of seen through the eyes of like this naive guy from Alabama. My um, final in my top five is Little Miss Sunshine. This is a film that I hadn't seen for absolutely ages and people kept saying you should see that. And then eventually about six months ago, I think we uh, decided to stream it and thought it was great. So official synopsis. The official synopsis. A family determined to get their young daughter into the finals of a beauty pageant take a cross-country trip in their VW bus. Um, So... This is one of the films on my list that's more akin to what you were saying about having to have the lows to make the highs worthwhile because yeah. there's a lot of like uh, family troubles in their trip across America to get to the pageant uh-huh. and uh, there's a death along the way and all that sort of stuff. But it's all worth it because the pageant at the end, spoiler, it they get there actually made me cry with laughter and I couldn't stop crying like with laughter during the sequence of um, the girl in the pageant because it's just like so absurd and so over the top like it kind of you know when you laugh and then you're able to take a moment to breathe and then you just start laughing again and that kind of comes in waves like three or four times it, yeah. that's what happened basically you sound, you so, sound like you're explaining laughter as like some kind of new species <laughs> It's a particular type of laughter, Ollie. <laughs> um, talking about sort of road trip movies, I did actually message you about this film. I don't think you really responded, actually. You, you, you'd kind of gone dark for a little bit. Um, but one film that I saw on the plane to LA uh, was a film called The Peanut Butter Falcon. And I highly recommend this film. 
Um, it's so the official synopsis is not a very good official synopsis. Is Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true. So this stars a lad called Zach Gottsagen, uh, Dakota Johnson, and um, Shia the Beef, uh, the Boof, the Beef, the Boof, and it's about a, a lad that's got Down syndrome, and he's basically been in and out of the care sort of system. Um, time and time again and he ends up sort of an old person's home living with a pensioner and they both kind of hate it and they both realize they shouldn't be there so he the the pensioner assists zach on his escape and then there's a little bit of a kind of hunt for the world of people style um the authorities are sort of tracking him down because he's very vulnerable um and then sheila booth sort of picks him up He's a drifter, he spits a lot, he swears a lot, he's a bit naughty, but they bond and they sort of have this sort of friendship. Um, so he's the Sam Neil. He's very sort of carefree with him, whereas the sort of carers are, of you know, rightly so, you know, very much aware of his needs and things like that, but Shia LaBeouf sort of treats him like, you know, what, what the hell, just, you know, let's just do it, let's just jump off this or let's just eat this or have a drink or whatever, they, you know it's like a this sort of carefree attitude and they go on this little cross-country road trip to meet a wrestler and i think he's actually like a real wrestler in real life um in real see. life he's no he's a real life wrestler he is well it, it's got jake the snake in it it's got okay. jake the snake roberts in it um and a couple probably a couple of other wrestlers as well but it, it's really really good i th- i think it's it really feel good as well um, everyone's like really good in it, and I think I think you'd really enjoy it, and I and I, I recommend people watch that one. It's very much feel good movie. The poster quote on that one is the sweetest darn film of the decade. I it's Ian, do me a favor and watch it. I think I think you'll like it. In fact, everybody okay. listening, do me a favor and watch it. I think if you want to watch a feel good film, this is a real feel feel gooder. <laughs> Um, I had a list of um, notable mentions that I'll just add. So these include Wreck-It Ralph, The School of Rock, Mid-90s, Hunt for the Wilder People, Dazed and Confused, and My Neighbour Totoro. They were okay. other feel-gooders that were on my list that didn't quite Did make you think it. My Neighbour Totoro had like an, uh, uh, an undercurrent of darkness that was... I mean, it's a really good film. About the mother's it's health. Like it, but it's got a very, very dark undertone. Like, the dad is potentially going to be unemployed. The mother might be, like, seems to have, like, cancer or something like that. You know, the girls yeah. are sort of fending for themselves and not getting a lot of the parents' time. So they're kind of cr- creating this imaginary um, space to live in. And then obviously... Yeah, I think... I think that's part of what makes it, like... It's kind of like the... You can see magic in anything. In any given situation. Yeah, you can. And that, that is good. Well, I think, I mean, I've not, we've only seen two of the Ghibli films now. We've watched um, Totoro and we've watched Kiki's Delivery Service. And in fact, Kiki's Delivery Service is, is way more feel-good. It's basically just feel-good vibes all the way through. Barely anything in it is a problem or like much diversity to overcome. It's, it's basically just a very nice sort of film. Um, but Totoro, yeah. I, I felt like... In contrast to Disney films, the problems that they had to overcome weren't like sort of spells over the forest or like, you know, anything too magical. It was like, it was, you know, somewhat very kind of real. Are you, 
Are you saying that my neighbor Totoro is gritty and real? Yeah. Good. The problems, no, the problems that the girls encounter are gritty and real, whereas a lot of the stuff in the Disney films, you know, they they kind of abstract away from them. So, you know, you'd have to kind of go, oh, yeah, that means that, or that is that in, in real life. But where in Totoro, it's like, oh, no, these, these girls are, are literally struggling with having to work so much and, and being sort of young and having to sort of work so hard and not get enough of their time for their dad and all this kind of stuff you know it, it, it there's there's no leap it is that yeah that's what I'm saying okay well, okay understood absolutely understood it's Ollie's final word okay uh, Ian name game are you ready so I'm going to give you ten names the first name only <sighs> You're going to give me the uh, the surname, the full name. Okay. okay. Are we ready? You ready to go? I'm ready and willing. Clive. James. Owen. Steve. McQueen. Steve Carell. William. Defoe. Correct. In fact, it's Willem, isn't it? It's not even William. <laughs> Come on, Holly. Get your own quiz right. <laughs> Sharon. The only person I can think of off the top. Oh, Stone, Stone. Correct. Bill. Murray. Paxton. Eddie. <sighs> Murphy. Correct. Tim. <laughs> Robbins. Correct. Jody. Foster. Correct. Kathy. Zeta Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Bates. <laughs> Simon. Okay. And Garfunkel. Peg. Oh. I mean, you did quite well, but I did put okay. some obvious ones in there, even if I did forget how the quiz worked for a moment. No, it's, it's funny, though, because some of the first people I can think of for names, like when you said Sharon, I thought Osborne, and when you said Tim, I thought Henman. So, <laughs> not from the world the, of you movies. You forgot what the rules were. Yeah, I don't think Tim Henman has been in a movie. He must have been. He must Unless have been it like was... Spice. He must have been in the Spice Girls movie. No, not notably. Um, because okay. his career wasn't that successful, really, ultimately, was it? Not really. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. That's, if you that's like the it. podcast, then check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guys on film. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at GOF Podcast. Yeah. And email us something. Yeah, Please. Come on. Guys on film podcast at gmail.com. If you liked the podcast, maybe you could rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Or chill out, do your own thing. Your do you feel good now? Do you feel good? Do you feel lifted? Can you play us out with Lifted by the Lighthouse family, please? Um, unfortunately, I haven't got any. For rights purposes. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I do not have the rights, no, so uh, it will have to be just a goodbye. See ya. Bye.